0: to
1: filmstrip featuring nick they are coming they are coming they are not only coming they are here
0: and jay this
1: better be important
0: these podcasts will be spoiler filled and contain in-depth discussions of the plots characters
1: and themes all content used or discussed in this podcast is the property
0: of the respective owners and used under the fair use act section 504 c2 title 17
1: Welcome to Film Strip. I'm Jay. And I'm Nick. This is our review of Critters 2, the main course. Starring Terrence Mann, Don Opper, and Scott Grimes. Directed by Mick Garris. Released in 1988 on a budget of $4.5 million. It grossed $3.8 million at the box office. So let me just ask you,
0: man. Was that cliffhanger enough for a sequel? Uh, do you think? Well, we got a sequel to Alien with just the premise of eggs being on a ship, so why not get a sequel to Critters with the premise of eggs being on a farm? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess so,
1: and the setup this time is that the, you know, the farm has been abandoned, and the, I don't know, the the, the eggs finally hatch, I mean, you know, I love how they, they go right
0: back to what they had last time, I mean, they don't try to reinvent the formula here. Yeah, definitely, it's going to be the same town and most of the same cast. I mean, yeah, we're only going to bring back one of the family. Right. But the rest of the town folks are pretty much the same if they're still alive.
1: Right. Yeah, like Emmett Walsh gets replaced by Barry Corbin as the sheriff. But, I mean, I've always thought of those actors. They don't look anything alike, but they act very similar. (laughs) So that was interchangeable for me. I was fine with that. So uh, other than that, Scott Grimes got a few more years on him and then we don't see anybody else. So yeah, that that's and, and we get Terrence Mann and Don Opper back. So what else can you want?
0: Uh Playboy Playmate.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get one of those
0: two. So
1: well why don't you tell us, Nick, what in the heck is Critters Two the Main Course about? Sure.
0: The town of Grover's Bend, Kansas, once again is terrorized by little furry intergalactic balls of teeth and fur. This time, those eggs from the last movie are discovered and begin to hatch. As the crates feed, they begin to roll together into massive, unstoppable balls of fury. Bounty hunters Ugg and Lee, along with Charlie, are sent back to take care of the problem where they meet up with Brad, who is in town visiting his grandmother. Along the way, Lee is killed and Ugg goes back to his alien form in despair. Eventually, the townsfolk and Ugg lead the Krites to a frozen burger plant (laughs) where they try to blow them up, but the Krites escape and roll towards the people who are holed up in a church. Just before they reach the building, Charlie crashes Ugg's ship into the alien horde, destroying them. But have no fear, Charlie parachutes out in time, and he stays behind in the town to be the new sheriff.
1: (laughs) Yes, and Brad gets to kiss a girl. (laughs) Because it takes him five minutes to do it, but he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, let's let's just talk about it here. The setup is that the Browns have abandoned their farm, right? Like, it, all looks, it looks destroyed. Like, it looked pristine at the end of the last one, but apparently they just bailed out of town at the end of that last one.
0: I guess. I don't know why. I mean, they're yeah. gone. They got your house back. I mean... I don't know, maybe it's too much for the mom or something. I don't know. It just, to me, it was just like, yep, you're not going to get everybody back, so let's just kind of remove the parents. I mean, it's almost kind of like Poltergeist 3 <laughs> where it's like, you know, you're going to get rid of all the um, – were they the Freelings and yes. Is That's their name. Yeah, and all you're gonna bring back is Carol Ann. And really, I mean, that's all you need. Is really Brad. I mean, the other three were kind of superfluous there, and Brad was kind of the main character for the family. So we get him back to start off the movie with, and he's you know coming back in the town and. He's, he's talking to the bus driver, and the bus driver, you know, is like, oh, yeah, going to town. You ever hear about them aliens that come over here? And, of course, you know, Brad's playing off like he, he's never been to this town before.
1: Yeah. Or, no, I'm just coming to visit Grandma, but, no, I don't know the Browns, and he's hiding his luggage tag and all that stuff. Yeah. I, how about old Brad here? He's grown up a little bit. His hair – he's got, like, the 80s mullet going on, and he's got that one earring going. You know, he's definitely – I mean, they definitely moved over to, uh, I don't know, Manhattan, Kansas? maybe? I don't know. They went to the city. They got out of Smallville, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and even before this, I mean, we open up this movie and you'll, we open up on a distant alien world and we see this guy walking around with basically like a, looks like a slipknot mask on. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's walking around and all also like this pretty cheesy looking worm comes down and attacks him and then another guy shoots him. It turns out was well, Charlie, and yeah. Charlie's with the bounty hunters.
1: Yeah, so my question is answered. Charlie did get on the ship and go back with Ugg and Lee. It, you know, he and and Lee still not happy with his form is just you know walking around as the alien, which no longer have the glowing faces. Now they're just like it looks like silly putty on their face, and and Ugg is uh, stuck with Johnny Steele so um, the whole time. But yeah, Charlie. He,
0: he really likes that form. I mean, even now, yeah. I mean, I mean, they weren't human, but he wants to stay in his human form. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's doing that just to keep make, make Charlie feel normal since Charlie's not a shapeshifter like they are.
1: Good point. And, you know, that's the thing they, they'll play with through this film. Like, Ugg really cares about Charlie because when they get called back to Earth, The whole thing is Charlie's like, yeah, y'all aren't like uh, gonna leave me there, right? And I love how Ugg talks like caveman for a minute. Ugg like Charlie, not leave Charlie, you know. Like, but it's obvious they've become friends. And you know, we see Charlie here last time he was the lovable loser. Well, he's still kind of a you know a bumbling guy, but clearly he's useful. Like he basically picks up the things they kill and throws them into their meat locker. I guess I don't know what was that.
0: I don't know, I took it as like a Predator trophy case or something you know, they keep the stuff <laughs> yeah, there. if the
1: Predators like start on Fraggle Rock then that would be what that trophy case looks like <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. With the way the Predator franchise is going, it might end up at Fraggle Rocks, but we'll, we'll talk about that another week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, some other day. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I liked it, though. I liked that Charlie was a useful member of the group here, and we have everything else back, right? And Brad's coming back in town, and I love how like that is news to Lynn Shea, who now works for the newspaper because the old sheriff is gone, and the new sheriff is apparently a, a Bruce Campbell ripoff. And <laughs> I love how like when he shows up it's the kid that you know cried critter is back i I mean she's just full of uh really tropey goofy lines i mean the thing about this one that really differentiates it from the last one to me i felt like the last one the town was small and everything was kind of quaint and it was nice here everybody's really over the top and there's a lot more people it seems like
0: yeah it does seem like there's more people here but we really didn't get to see the town very much in the last one and i really kind of just blame that on the budget I mean, we did get to see a little bit of stuff with them at the church and then, you know, the bowling alley when they went in there and everything like that. So we did get to see some of the townspeople. But in this one, I mean, they're fleshing it out a little bit more. I mean, they needed to do something more than just have this at a farm. Yeah. And, you know, they need to increase the scale. So instead of doing it in a town at a farm, they're expanding it to the town itself. So
1: Right. And it, and it looks like a little town, like the town that the uh, the three supervillains from Superman 2 attack. You know, it's very much uh, Houston, Idaho. Or, or where's oh, that definitely. fun? Yeah. It feels like, you know, back lot from, uh, you know, tombstone of the West or whatever, but it, it I works. was actually going to
0: say it kind of felt like tombstone.
1: Yeah. It definitely had that sort of feel to it, which I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't picture Kansas that way, but sure. We'll, we'll go with it. Right. Cause that's, that's what we have to, I mean, but what did you make of the town? Like that there's this paranoia and all this business and Brad runs into like this girl that he once knew who's, you know, turned out to be semi hot when she wasn't before. And, all this and this whole bit that he's like no it wasn't real it wasn't real like all this denial and stuff i mean i guess that's what a small town would do right
0: yeah i mean again i'm I'm from a small town and dude it it, it is gossip city man i mean oh, you, yeah. got, you got you got you it's like basically the best way I, I can describe a small town especially a country small town is that it's it's like a high school just expanded out into, like, houses. I mean, <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got cliques of people, people talking. You got little church groups, little groups that, you know, that know each other at the grocery store and, you know, the library and stuff. And I could see that, that, you know, maybe this family was blacklisted. I mean, in, in reality, I mean, when you go back to Critters, who really saw the Critters? It was this family and the sheriff and no one else did. So it's extremely possible that maybe that, you know, this family was, you know, telling people about it, and they got labeled as crazy, like, dude, this family's absolutely nuts, got blackballed, and they left. Yeah,
1: I could totally buy that. I mean, it, it, it just, nobody would work with them, nobody wanted to deal with them, and they just had to pack up and go somewhere else, sure. you know, I think I, what I wanted was a drop line of, like, where they all were, and why Brad got sent back to Grandma, who is, what is she, like a Help food, vegetarian, daycare. Who
0: the hell is this woman? <laughs> she's really strange. Yeah. She is very weird. I mean, the first thing she does is ask Brad if he's eating red meat.
1: Yeah.
0: I, mean, I, I guess that's kind of a little joke about the critters that, that all they do is eat red meat. I mean.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're going to lay the red meat on heavy later, but we'll get there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, she's like a – she seems like she's probably like an ex-hippie, but she's way too old to be a hippie.
1: That's what I thought. You know? I'm mean, like, she's
0: pre-hippie. Like, I don't
1: know what she is. Maybe she was a flapper in the 20s. She, she'd be that old, I guess.
0: I don't know. She's she's different. You know, I guess she's like just crazy grandma, you know. Maybe maybe, maybe maybe she was like, just got into the hippie stuff when she was like in her 40s and stuff and was like the, I don't know, the, the MILF everybody hooked up with. I don't know.
1: <laughs> this movie came out in 1988. Do you want to know the the feel that I got off of her? She reminded me a whole lot of Grandpa from The Lost Boys, which came out in 1987, really a year before this. Did you you remember any of that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess yeah, you know yeah. What was he in The Lost Boys too? I mean, I guess he was too old to be a hippie himself, but yeah, yeah. I guess just kind of maybe just like a. They, they they found the ganja, I guess. That's to say, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the kids were out smoking weed, and they left their, uh, you know, cigar box in the room one day, and Grandma smoked that uh, weird looking cigar that was in there, you know, and got hooked. <laughs> yeah. They, there, I wrote a backstory to her. There
1: you go. There you go. You you and your rewrites with these films, I will tell you, they're they're genius. So, but yeah, that's exactly right. She's you've got these di- this different set of weird characters this time, right? You know, you've got the you got some of the same old ones, but you got. You know, Grandma introduced into this, so you know she's going to be part of the plot at some point, right? And the whole thing is, like, these two guys go out to the brown farm, and they they find those eggs, and they take them to an antique shop, and Grandma winds up buying them and painting them up like Easter eggs for
0: the kids, right? And uh, Why, why, <laughs> why, 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 why can't she just go to the freaking Piggly Wiggly or whatever it is out there... <laughs> and buy regular store-bought eggs.
1: I think because she probably thinks those are raised on pesticides or something. She wants serious free-range eggs.
0: So... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's a good, it's a good question. You could have totally played that up that, you know, like she was like some health nut, you know, like maybe, maybe like one of these like women that reads like these magazines where it's like, I got to tie my, my, my menstrual cycle to the cycle of the earth type. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, they, 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 she puts on a headdress at night and she's like, you know, mother, mother leaf or something. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, they they could have done that where they're like, Grandma, why don't you just go get eggs from the grocery store? And like, oh, no, those eggs are white and you can't. We got to use fresh farm eggs and stuff like that or free range eggs. And then uh, the one guy found these things and he's trying to play it off like, hey, yeah, I got fresh eggs over here. Five bucks a piece, you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like though that the, the thing is they have to heat them up. Like you have to do something to wake those eggs up, right? That's the whole the whole
0: point. But yeah, but even even before that though, I mean, okay, we 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 get the Biff type character here. Oh yeah, where, you know, totally. The guy in the leather jacket with you know terrible hair, but
1: it looks like a Gary uh, Busey knockoff, by the way.
0: Totally, man! It's cross between Gary Busey and Donald Trump with that hair. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, they go into this farm, and they're like, oh, my God, this farm's really cold. Why would the farm be cold, man? This is, like, Kansas, yeah. dude. Yeah, I mean, Kansas it, is warm. It, this what is I'm Easter. Saying.
1: This is Easter. We're talking about April here. It's not cold, is it?
0: No, I managed it's... Just- probably like 60s there yeah i mean maybe that's cold for an alabama boy but
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it would be cool to me but not for people that grew up there and like at one point like brad and and the new girl megan are like standing outside talking at night and like you can see their breath like smoking
0: who's who's the girl from uh gremlins what's her name uh, Phoebe Kates. Phoebe Cates. Yeah, she's can definitely, we call her? Ugly, can we just call her ugly Phoebe Cates?
1: <laughs> she is the Phoebe Cates ripoff, no doubt. I agree. That's, that's Yeah, yeah. She's actually, she's she's the homely Phoebe Cates. Yes. No doubt she did not have a Richmont... Uh, a fast times at Richmond high scene in her, you know, past at any point. But I don't know, man. I just uh like that's the thing to me is I think all the characters last time really worked and like they endeared themselves to me. Here I only care about Brad, Charlie, and Ugg and Lee. Like I don't I don't care about any of these other people. So I'm just waiting for them to all to get eaten or go away. You know you don't care about the sheriff. N- not really, because he's barely in this. Like, I like Barry Corbin, but he gets, like, two scenes, and then he's just gone. I don't know, man. I He, it, he was too much of a caricature this time to me. Like, I thought the sheriff was actually pretty fun last time. Now he's – I don't know. It's too much of a trope, like, that he got run out of town in the next election, and they elected the Bruce Campbell lookalike, and now he's, you know, just basically sitting up in his trailer watching game shows all afternoon long. I, was, I don't know. I just – I, it didn't do much for me this time.
0: I guess they're trying to give, they're trying to bring back another character cause he lost the family. So they're bringing in this guy here and they're trying to give him more to do. Cause really, what did he do in the first one?
1: I, nothing. He saw what happened, you know, but that's it.
0: So yeah, he showed up, he got picked up by, you know, fake Charlie. And that was basically it. And he couldn't shoot the big giant one for, cause he was scared. I mean, that was basically his whole plot.
1: Right, and I'm wondering, like, why can't you bring back M. Emmett Walsh? Was he too busy? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know why they couldn't have got him back, at least. Because if you had not seen the first one or not paid a, you know, real close attention to it and stuff, I don't think you would have known this was the same sheriff, would you? If, if they don't you'll go through the extent to tell you that they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I didn't know it was a sheriff at first. I mean, they are they obviously know he was an ex-sheriff, but it's like, is that the same guy? You know, he's a... I don't know. Just it took me a little bit to realize, like, okay, it is the same guy from the first one. Yeah,
1: it's the same character, different actor this time around. So, but I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, it's just kind of just kind of strange. I
0: I think they wanted to bring in someone who's a little bit more funny. I guess some guy who's going to kind of maybe chew the scenery a little bit.
1: Mm -hmm. And Barry Corbin will do that, no
0: doubt. Yeah, I mean, what, what else have I seen Barry Corbin in?
1: You have seen him. Well, if you've ever seen War Games, he's the one of the Air Force colonels in that. He's been in oh, – hold on. Let me pull his thing real quick. I, well, he was the coach on One Tree Hill. That was much later in his career, I, I should say. But um, he's done that. He was in um, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. He was in Urban Cowboy. He was in the. He remake essentially of plays. Hazard. Yeah, he so always he plays, plays the, the
0: same character. He right?
1: plays the country bumpkin sidekick. You know that. Yeah, that's exactly who he is.
0: Yeah, he looks really familiar, but even just going through his like. You know, his resume. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize any of these movies that he's in. I mean, I've heard of them, but I haven't seen any of these. So. Oh, man.
1: I've seen him in all all kinds of – my science project. i see this dude all through the 80s and the 90s. He was in No Country for Old Men, too. So, I mean, he's he's done – yeah, he's done, like, serious stuff. But he generally plays in kind of light fare and is – I don't know. I like him. I think he's fun. Uh, I think he's interesting. Uh, one of my yeah, – well, I can get off on my tangent about what I like him in. But – I. I don't know. I like the I like the actor fine. I don't think this character serves any purpose being here. Is what I'm trying to get at. I I really would have been fine if it was just Brad going back. We introduce Crazy Grandma and girl that used to have zits that's now semi hot or at least for Brad she would be hot and we just bring back the the you know the bounty hunters and Charlie. Like I don't need all this other. The, the, the town gets too big. It's the Stephen Kinging of this series. I want to just go ahead and say Mick Garris. No wonder you got chosen to do King films because they, there's a lot. Lot of characters that don't need to be there and you obviously know how to direct things like that
0: yeah definitely i mean let's i mean let's get into a little bit more of the plot here i mean you get you get you get everything kind of going here where mm-hmm. you know it's like this easter celebration and stuff and then the um the grandma buys these eggs from this like you know antique swindler guy or whatever and uh she goes ahead and they paint them for, like, this... I guess, like, this town has, like, this big, like, Easter egg hunt. Like, that's what this town is known for.
1: Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Who knew? And it,
0: it's pretty lame Easter egg hunt. I mean, cr- they did it, like, in the backyard of the church. I mean, well, it wasn't, like, a big town thing where they shut down Main Street and they do it. It's, well, like...
1: Okay, hold on, hold on a minute, Down on that side. But, like... They're having their Easter church ceremony, okay? Which can be, you know, in small Protestant churches, can be really like formal stuff, right? And they're going to bring out the sheriff dressed up like the Easter bunny in the middle of the service. And that is next level crazy.
0: I think I I did laugh at this scene, though, because let's just get into it, okay? Yeah. They, they, They put these eggs all around here and stuff, and they start hatching at this point. And you get this sheriff, who's kind of a dick, and he's putting on this Easter egg, Easter bunny outfit, and he can't get the crotch to zip up. And he's making a joke about it. He's like, oh, great. I'm going to give these kids a real lesson in education. It's like, yeah, dude, you're, you're a freaking pervert. But also, like, the critters all just go boop, 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 and they all jump into his crotch. Yes, and then you it, 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 It's up. funny. It's funny when this happens. Just the sound effects of them just going boop, boop, boop into him. And then, like, you know, he crashes through, like, the church window, and I guess, like, his stomach was eaten out from the inside, and, like, everybody at church is saying, well, it was a, it was the, uh, it was a farm accident or something like that, and, you know, but the girl there, you know, homely Phoebe Cates is, like, telling Brad, she goes, no, I think it's the cr- creatures that you once fought, they're back now and stuff, and, of course, Brad's in denial and everything like that. So,
1: well, is I mean, he, okay, let's ask about that though, because he talks that game like he's in denial, but then we see him up in Grandma's attic looking through pictures of like him and Charlie with the slingshot and sort of remembering it like nobody believes this, you know, and all this stuff. It's like he's putting on a front, but he still knows, you know, his truth.
0: Yeah, he knows the truth, but I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying is that he, I think he's just kind of in denial around these people because he doesn't want people to bring it up to him. Mm. I think that, I think what would have happened was that the family was excommunicated from this town for making up a story and he's just trying to get past it. He's trying to just go have a nice vegan Easter with his friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, he just wants to be left alone and then these dang things come back into his life, you know. But. Charlie comes back into his life, too, and he seems to kind of dig that. And old Charlie here, you know, what's the thing about him is he didn't want to get left behind. Well, at the end of this thing, he does get left, but it's kind of like by his choice, right? He also gets Charlie back, though, too. So what did you make of the fact that when, you know, the bounty hunters all show up and stuff, that's when everybody knows, oh, yeah, it's coming. And then the critters attack Grandma's house. And, of course, like out of the blue, the bounty hunters show up and blow the critters apart. What did you make of that?
0: Yeah, it's just trying to be funny. I mean, the movie <laughs> at this point, it's just trying to be funny with that because like he's looking for the remote, and the grandma has kept it by the other remotes. You know, Cause it's like, well, that's what, you keep all the remotes together. I mean, that's that's what grandmas do. You go over to their house, and they had they have a little custom little cup with you know something they sew that they put inside, so it's decorative, and they keep all the remotes in there. I mean, that's what that's what grandmas do. And he finds it, and he hits it, and right when he hits it, the bounty hunters show up, and they blow one through the they, they blow the crate that's in mid air about to attack him through the wall and into another wall in the kitchen. I mean –
1: Let's talk about the effects here because that's clearly the thing that's been upgraded. The Krites are much more mobile now. They fly. And when they get splattered, like they actually splatter. Before, they just kind of fell over, right? They just you know inflated like puppets and stuff. Now, like there's – they have blood and guts.
0: Yeah, they got green blood and guts. And (laughs) they're bigger too. I mean these things are bigger. I mean before – I mean we're saying soccer ball. And soccer ball was kind of generous. I mean, they were probably more of a size of a, I don't know, a cantaloupe maybe last movie. I mean, they weren't very big. No. But this one, I mean, they're like beach ball size. Yeah,
1: they're definitely like women's basketball size. They definitely look much bigger. And, And they also do something else. They can roll in tandem together now. How about that? I thought that was actually kind of cool. If you're going to bring back the creatures again in the second movie, you got to give them like the next level up, right? Jaws 2 taught us this. You know, the the second shark got burned in the face. So, you know, he was a real
0: badass shark versus the first one, right? So, I I, I mean, it's like, like, yeah, you got to upgrade them. I mean, you can't just show the same stuff again. I mean, you look at a movie like Aliens, and you go from having the alien, you go, then you go to the queen alien. I mean, you got to do an upgrade somehow.
1: Well, or or even more in in this movie's league, you know, in the second Piranha film, they got wings and could fly. So I think that's right along those lines.
0: Or in Gremlins, they got spider legs or learned how to talk.
1: I have never seen Gremlins, too, so that may be a trip we take sometimes. I did not know that so that'll be interesting to know but I don't know I like the critters this time though I thought that the effects work in this was just as good if not better than the last
0: time yeah I like the designs of them I think are more fleshed out in this movie where before it was like you could see what they look like, but there were some shots where they look kind of bad. I mean, I remember in the first one where they lit a fire in the back hall, and I still think it's a funny scene where the one critter's like yelling at the fire, where he's going, ah, ah, ah,
1: ah.
0: <laughs> but it look it looked, the critter looked pretty, you know pretty cheap you know yeah and especially even like when they would kill them before i mean they just pulled like a chunk of fur and it's like oh yeah that's a dead critter where here it's like you know they actually got can move like their lips around a little bit and you know like they got like a little bit more eye movement and everything i mean oh yeah it's completely been upgraded now where it's like they're not afraid to do a close-up they're not afraid to show these in the light i mean in the last movie you never saw these in the daylight
1: no no it was all all
0: at night to hide a lot of stuff in this one it's like no broad daylight
1: Oh yeah, I like that though. I like the fact that they they are willing to put them out there, and we do get to see them. Most of this takes place in the day. I think that's kind of the cool part of it. It's, I mean, there's a lot of attacks, and what about when they attack the oh the theme song to this place, man. <laughs>
0: What well, you mean, where Revenge of the Nerd guy's working? <laughs>
1: the Hungry Heifer man. You call him Revenge of the Nerd guy. I know him as the Grease guy, too. I mean, he's uh, that, and also the War Games guy. Eddie Deason, who will always play the most eggheaded nerd you can find, right? The Hungry
0: Heifer. God, the nose on that guy. He's never given
1: <laughs> a chance. <laughs> what did you make of the Hungry Heifer, though? And, like, that the, this town also had, like, a meat plant, like a frozen burger plant. <laughs>
0: uh, I liked it. I I thought it was funny. I mean, you got you got you got this song playing. It's a catchy song. I mean, you, you heard it in the last episode as we ended the, the end of the show. I mean, it's, it's a catchy song. <laughs> catchy. I, got, I got it. On, I got I got it on my iPod. You, do you work out of this? Do You get pumped to this? So <laughs> it's 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 my song when I do deadlifts.
1: <laughs> I have a feeling I'm gonna have to make that your ringtone now.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, the, the critters here at the restaurant, it's, it's a pretty funny scene because you get Ugg and Lee showing up. And you know these guys are completely trigger happy. We saw it in the last movie. And they just start blowing this shit out of this restaurant like it's, you know, almost like Dutch and crew and Predator where they're just, like, just laying out a half acre of forest. You know, it's yes. like they're, they're, they're just shooting everything up. And I think it's actually kind of funny here, too. I mean, one of the critters falls in a deep fryer and he's all red and he's yelling <laughs> and stuff. And then one of them, then one of them gets, like, his head like his top of his hair like shot off so he's got like he's got like the prodigy reverse mohawk yeah he looks in the mirror and he's like bitching <laughs> i don't know like i said I, I i like the critters i think they're funny yeah and we, should, again, we
1: should say this they're like when they accounted them at the hungry heifer the critters are dining on like the salad bar beef bar like they're just going to town eating all this so stuff nuts yeah and then they see the um the bounty hunters come in and they're like, Oh no. And it's like a scene out of the Muppets. <laughs> and these going <guys> to start <laughs> blasting. them. It's hilarious though. I'm with you. I was laughing. I mean, I was like, man, this movie is really stupid, but this is funny. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I kind of dug it.
0: Oh, I did too. I mean, calling this the Muppets is it's, it, it's what it is. I mean, this is PG 13 Muppets right now. Big time. If, if, if the Muppets had a man eating pup Muppet, It would be a critter. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's almost like animal in a way, the way it's acting, too, the way it's like, like I said, it's just they're going to town in this restaurant, just like ripping stuff up. And it's 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 funny. It's like watching Cookie Monster eat cookies. Yeah, you, he's just crazy going in here.
1: going nuts. Yeah, and they blast a bunch of them. A bunch of them get away. That's where we see him rolling the ball. We should talk about Lee here, though, who's decided to still can't decide on what form he wants. And Ugg drops this thing about like when you choose a form, it's because you you know you respect it and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, he's setting something up with that. Well, Charlie, when they first land, finds an old Playboy magazine laying in the the dirt and starts flipping through it. And uh, good 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 American. Good, good, good American literature. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Lee uh, it starts to transform, and we learn something about the transformation. Charlie throws up that picture of the the centerfold because he doesn't want Lee to be him, and Lee turns into a Lee that's a girl, like with everything, like she pops out, and that we get you know a little toplessness. I was like, wow, remember when you could do that in PG thirteen movies? That was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, guy, must. I don't know what these what these bounty hunters are like made out of, like their density or something, but it's just funny seeing like all oh, the girl's boobs and rips the clothing off. It's like <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like yeah, okay. I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. I mean we get we get a boob shot here.
1: Well but what's funny is like as she's storming across the field heading into the town, she's basically just wearing like a retro barbarian thong and that's it. But by the time she gets into town, she's got the full gear on. You know, just the ledger well, exposed.
0: You, 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 you had Charlie running after what the clothes going. Yeah, oh, you got to put this on. You got to put this on. Oh, okay. So they see, they, they, they did cover that. They oh, did cover okay. that.
1: Okay. okay oh, I missed that part, but that's a good point. Well, they get to town and they're blowing all this stuff up. And as it turns out, though, the critters have gotten smart and they lay a trap and Lee gets like totally devoured. What did you make of that? That was big. I didn't expect to see one of the bounty hunters go down.
0: Uh. I guess you kind of had to. I mean, it, it, it weakens the the chance the humans have of a, a winning. I mean, the bounty hunter showed up at the end of the first movie, and just their presence alone made the critters disappear. So you kind of had to weaken them down a little bit to make these critters more of a threat. I mean, they already are, you know, a foot and, you know, 12 inches tall. So you got to make them a little bit more, you know, you got to make the threat a little bit bigger. So by killing Lee, you know, it was a shock. It was like, oh, my God, I forgot this person died in this movie. Yeah. And I think it was a good move on the movie to actually kind of... It takes both the bounty hunters out because, one, it kills Lee. And then when Ugg goes there to see exactly that Lee is dead, he has, like, a panic attack or whatever, untransformed from Johnny Steele. And he's just kind of, like, comatose for basically the rest of the, the movie. But yeah, right. So it's basically now, it's, it's up to Charlie and Brad now to take, take over the human role. I mean, to take over the role of... The bounty hunters. I mean, to right. are the heroes now,
1: right? And it's actually Charlie who does this whole little pep talk with Ugg that gets him back in the game after they, you know, they they're like, look, we you know, they got the whole town around the town's ready to take a stand, which is another Stephen King trope, you know, again, but I, they, you know they're all ready to do something, but they've got to have him there, and you know he gives him this little pep talk, and I love what happens is they essentially decide they're going to lure the critters who are all like starting to eat in mass together. They're going to lure them to. The frozen burger plant in town, Polar Burger, I think it's called, or something like that. And the way they do it, and it's not revealed until the end, is that Ugg transforms into a big krite. And he comes up to him and says, cheeseburgers are better because they're meat with no bones. So you don't have to pick them clean like the cows. So all the critters, hundreds of them, roll toward this big meat plant, right? And they're going to trap him inside to kill him. And that's when he reveals himself to have you know, been the insider. I kind of liked that. I thought that was smart. You know, I had never thought the shapeshifter could just be one of them and trick them.
0: Well, it kind of, I guess, kind of goes back to what I was talking about last podcast was these bounty hunters were bipeds. And Mm -hmm. I guess that doesn't really matter. I guess they can really transform into what they want. I mean, the critters are bipeds in a way because they do walk. But, I mean, it's a complete transformation. He went from being... You know, six foot tall down to being, you know, he's a bigger critter, but, you know, probably 18 inches, you know, maybe under just under two feet. So it's kind of neat to see. And I forgot about that, too. I was like, I thought it was just I thought that was just the leader, you know, critter. Yeah. Maybe they would have to fight in the end or maybe he'd, you know, eat the rest of them and become like a big giant one. Because I remember little bits of this movie. I remember there was a big giant ball at the end. So I don't know if it was like all of them getting together or maybe this big one somehow ate everything and then became the huge one. But. Yeah, it turns out it is Ugg. He helps him shut the gate, cr- cuts one of the critters in half, which, again, is funny. Anytime yeah. these things die, I laugh. And then mm-hmm. they blow up this uh, hamburger refrigerator building or wherever where they keep all the patties. And, up, oh, it's not. They're not dead. They get all together, and they draw, they make a big, giant ball.
1: Oh, yeah, and I love this, though, because, again, I was down with the fact that they would—they had a, a new element. They could all form together and just be this rolling thing of teeth, and, like, they run down one guy, and as they roll over him, not only do they smash him, but, like, they strip his whole back off, you know, and it's just, you know, skin and bones in the back. I thought that was cool. I mean, I, it's cheesy, yes, it's total goofball stuff, but it's what should be done in this kind of movie. I mean, we've already killed the Easter Bunny. We, you know, we've done all kinds of crazy stuff. We might as well have him be a rolling ball of butcher knives.
0: Well again it goes back to the little aliens thing. I mean you need, you need a bigger one in the sequel to take them on. And so then we get, you know, it's heading to, it's heading to the town and they realize real quick like, oh, this thing's going towards a church, man. It's going to take them out. It's going to take out all the children. They, it knows where they are. So it's going back in the town. So Brad and uh homely uh Phoebe kates get in the get in the pickup truck and then they're heading back there and They're trying to stop this, and they're trying to knock it off its path, and you know, trying to stop it, and you know, they end up crashing their car, and they 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 knock it off course, but it circles around and it's going right back towards the church. And I gotta ask this too: it's like Brandon homely Phoebe Kates. It's like, why do they go to the church? I mean, they just go stand there and they're gonna brace for impact from this thing. It's like yeah,
1: it's like it's like the whole run away. It's like the whole town decided we're just going to all hold up in here and die together. It was very weird. That's what I said. I was like, I don't, I don't really know why they, they would just give up after that one try, get some more TNT and give another shot, you know, or maybe get yeah, – you know, there's not a Mack truck around. There's not some farm equipment. That's what I really thought was going to happen. Somebody – you know, the sheriff was going to drive up with a harvester and – uh uh, you know, pick up the ball or whatever. But you know, the only time he shows back up is that, you know, Brad runs after some little girl that's, you know, getting chased by the critters, and he shoots a bunch of them down with his, you know, six shooters or whatever in total, like, Texas culture, which is really different from <laughs> Kansas, but whatever. You know, I I don't know. I kind of wanted them to do something more like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just didn't like that they're all just standing there, like, ready to give up. I mean, these things are not, invo- you know, invulnerable you know it's like they're 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 very very susceptible to like any type of you know attack you're gonna put at them but they all just kind of like huddle together start hugging like oh it's over for us but of course charlie then you know shows up you know he takes off after the uh, big or even before the giant ball critter comes out he takes off everybody thinks he's just being a coward well it turns out he went and got his bounty hunter ship and he does basically a suicide run into the ball
1: yeah, exactly. Like he does a big crash into the ball, and it blows every, you know, blows him to bits. And what did you make of that? I mean, did you like that you know, turn for Charlie this time?
0: I guess it was probably the natural evolution of his character that he was going to go and he's going to pull a Dark Knight Rises and just blow up the ship at the end and you know <laughs> save the whole town. I mean, I, I liked it. I mean, I mean, what else in the way? You, you got to Charlie do something in the end. I mean, the first movie Charlie saves the day. This one he's got to save the day. I mean, it's kind of the. Uh,
1: it's the thing of the series is how is yeah. Charlie going to save the day? But you didn't, you didn't see it coming, you know? And that's the thing is, Charlie's like, uh, you know, am I a bounty hunter? Am I one of them? And they're never totally straight with him about that. And you kind of get the idea like, no, nah, you're not really one of us. But in the end, of course, he becomes that. And Lee, or not Lee, Ugg, decides he's going to transform and look like Charlie in honor of Charlie. You know, that whole drop line about, um, Oh, no, I'm not trying to say that whole drop line about, oh, you take on the form of someone that you know you respect, or all that kind of says a high form of respect when you transform and all that stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, it, it was neat. And when he, what about the fact that he pops up at the end? He's like, no, I parachuted out. Somebody help me get this
0: thing off of me. Nah, you didn't really want to see Charlie die. And even, I was going to ask you this too. I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, when we saw Ugg was a, a critter and then he transformed back out of it, did you originally first think that was might have been Lee?
1: Yeah, I kind of was wondering if that was like he had transformed back out of that. But then I I remembered I was like no, that's it's too tall for one and and they call it out, you know, that oh, it's ugg, you know. I I think they call it out because I I think that would have been confusing. He <laughs> was like, "Oh, was that Lee the whole time?" But well, you know, it, it's not. It's definitely a
0: I think I would have liked it if it was Lee, though. It would have been like, you know, yeah, yeah he didn't he's, die. He
1: missing an arm, you know, because we did see his arm severed there, but they, you know, it was him without the arm. That would have been kind of cool, sure. And then Johnny Steele shows back up, and when he sees his friend again, sure.
0: Yeah, they go, I mean, I don't know. Were they lovers or something? I don't I think gotta, so. i got to ask I th- this. I think you really depressed. <laughs>
1: You're reading way too much into that. This is like cop partners, right? And your partner gets killed and you're depressed for it. This is Murtaugh and Riggs of the Intergalactic uh, Bounty
0: Hunter Association.
1: (laughs) I don't okay, think, uh, okay. I think I don't think there's any uh, Nightmare on Elm Street too. I'm
0: just I'm using my 2013 eyes on a lot of this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Charlie and Brad behind the barn, <laughs> oh,
1: and now now Ugg and Lee are our lovers apparently. So, but in the end, Charlie uh, Brad gets to kiss not Phoebe Cates, and finally, and everybody gets on the bus to leave town, including the old sheriff, and he tosses Charlie the badge, and Charlie gets to stay behind to be the new sheriff of whatever's left. Is of that how, Is that how it works? I guess it works that way in a lot of western. Do you ever see If you so- have, have
0: any uh, listeners in Kansas, can you verify that that's all you need to do to become a sheriff is just have the sheriff give you a badge?
1: Cuz if that is, I'm moving there next week. I got I got words for you folks, but I I want to know. It It is kind of a trope, but you know, whatever Oh,
0: it is. I mean, you see it all the time in Western movies. I mean, they even did it like in tombstone where it was like,
1: Oh no, oh, they didn't now, see the
0: now Wyatt, was. Wyatt Earp's the sheriff now, or he's the marshal just because they found an extra badge.
1: Right. Well, I mean, that happens at the end of Silverado. Kevin Klein kills the bad one and then he's the sheriff. You know, that's, that's pretty much it, I guess. Right. Is that, that's what we're going to go with, but I don't know. It's okay. It's, it kind of ends eh, or so whatever, but Ugg you know departs in his new spacecraft because they send him another one, still wearing the guise of Charlie. And I don't know, I kind of like that. I thought you know if they go to another one, which I know there's two more, I'm going to wonder is this really Charlie or is this Ugg as Charlie? You know, I, I, they're setting that whole thing up.
0: Oh, the, it, it'll be from what I remember, it's very clear who's who is <laughs> who. Yeah, well,
1: we'll have to get there when we get there because Leonardo DiCaprio waits, but before that. Nick, what is your final thoughts, recommendations, and popcorn ratings for Critters 2?
0: Uh, Well, anytime you have a sequel to a movie like this, you kind of just got to... It's usually, what, a a cash grab, whatever. But I think they actually really tried with this movie. And they really tried to push the comedic tone a lot more than the first one. And a lot of it really hits, but there are some misses in here, And there's a lot more misses in this movie than there was for the first one. Uh, the characters aren't nearly as good. I mean, at least in the first one, you kind of got like the Freeling family from Poltergeist and there. a family you actually kind of somewhat care about. This one, you really don't really care about the characters. I mean, if homely Phoebe Cates gets her head bitten off, no one's going to lose any sleep over it. If grandma, you know, dies, you know, no one's really going to care about it. You really only care about Brad and Charlie and that's just baggage left over from the first movie. But. I enjoy this movie. I think it's got a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, I like the Bounty Hunter stuff in here. I think some of the comedy is really good. I think that uh, the, the Critters look better in this movie. They do more. And I like the whole aspect of them being able to basically join together and make bigger critters, you know, just by making them, you know, adding themselves together. And for me, it's it's a medium popcorn. It's a strong medium popcorn, you know, extra butter, extra salt on there. It's a movie I enjoy, and it's a great one-two flick when you watch these back-to-back, because it's just kind of nice to see a lot of the same cast return, even if it's not the main players from the first one.
1: Yeah, you know, I I will say this film gets kudos for trying new things and for adding elements that make sense. You know, Charlie's character has grown a little bit. He's got a little more confidence. He seems to be a good member of the group. We learn more about the transforming bounty hunters, and we get the critters able to roll in the balls together. I think that's the cool thing. To me, the thing that makes this watchable is the effects and the, the improved... I guess kitschy fun that they're having with it. It's just, I don't know. It's just a lot more tongue in cheek here. I don't think this is as good as the first one. And I think a lot of it is that there's just too many people that I don't care about in it. And that's the problem. If, if it was a smaller cast, I'd be with you on this medium popcorn thing. But I, the rest of this cast really drags this movie down for me. I'm going to give it a small popcorn. And it's not like the same kind of horrible small popcorn that, like, you know, Leprechaun 4 is or something. But it's, it's small because it, it, it just, you know, tries and fails, but it's kind of fun in doing it. And I do recommend if you're going to watch it, watch them in close succession with each other. I think if you put days between them, I don't know that it would be as enjoyable, but you know, I pretty well watched them back to back and that, that made a huge difference in how much I was able to enjoy this one too. So that's me for critters two, And you as well. And uh, next time critters three with Leonardo DiCaprio, I cannot wait to see if if
0: you, if you seen the, if you seen critters and you would go, Hey, how great would it be if they mix Critters and Die Hard together? <laughs> That's what you get in Critters 3. So, <laughs> Wow. I can't wait
1: to get to that one. Folks, thanks for joining us in this latest episode of Filmstrip. Of course, you can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, ContinuousPlayPodcast.com slash Filmstrip. And you can hook up with us on Facebook and Twitter there. Let us know what you think. And uh, we always appreciate your support. Until next time, for Nick, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. Thanks for listening to Filmstrip. I think you all better be here before somebody gets hurt. Visit our website, ContinuousPlayPodcast.com, for more reviews and episodes. All content used or discussed in this podcast are the property of their respective owners and used under the Fair Use Act
0: Section 504C2, Title 17.